Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. I've got a special guest on this week. He's actually my publisher and an all-around awesome guy with a sweet beard and now like is super ripped and jacked from all the push-ups and sit-ups that he does. Oh. He talks about on social media all the time. You guys, it's Marco. And uh, he's not going to be talking about how to get super ripped. He's not going to talk about how to grow an awesome long beard. He is going to talk about how we can help our students grow in being God's image bearers. But before we jump into that conversation, I just want to encourage you guys to get connected with Marco's work. And he's got these really great cohorts that he does to help you just grow as a youth leader. And you guys, you would get to have him sit down with you and talk with you about the real world, real life things that you're doing. So they've got three cohorts going on, Denver, Indiana, and Texas. So y'all, if you live around there, you better make the drive. And so I'll leave some um, links in the show notes that could will get you connected to that. But let's go ahead and dive into the conversation today. But before I pass it off to Marco and talking about, really what he's going to be doing is sharing about a um, message that he gave just recently overseas to some students about being God's image by being creative. And so I wanted to share just real briefly to get you all with your Hebrew on the up and up here. Um, Dr. Carmen Imes gave a presentation just recently. Um, actually, we talked about it with her a couple of months ago. But in her presentation, she talked about this Hebrew word, selam. And it's this Hebrew word that is usually translated as image. And it denotes more of a physical representation than would be a spiritual type of understanding. And so kings in the ancient Near East would set up these different images of themselves. And doing so, they would do that to show and showcase their image in themselves. Even though they couldn't physically be present, they would have these other physical images and idols set up all throughout their region and their land to be their physical representations among that area. And so the neat thing is, is that we today are God's image bearers, his physical representation as uh, him among uh, the world. And so we're going to talk about how we can help teenagers be God's image amongst their peers today. So Marco, welcome to the show. Yay. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, hey, tell us about how you linked being creative with being God's image. How'd you do that yeah. in your message? Yeah, you bet. Well, this event that I was speaking at in, in England, I was asked to speak on the topic, you are creative. It was one of the values yeah. that they had for the event. And uh, I realized while I'm sure I've spoken on that at some point in my 40 years of youth ministry, it wasn't something that I'd like had a talk developed on. Um, okay. So I, so I had to kind of wrestle with it. And I, I think the first thing that came to mind for me, besides kind of the whole Imago Day thing made in the image of God, which we'll come back to in a second, was yeah. some something I read in, it's one of the books that we assign in our level one cohorts. It's a book on 
being creative in an organization that has a bunch of red tape and systems, which most of our churches do. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the book's called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Um, And the author author talked about uh, how uh, if he went in, when he went into a kindergarten class, or maybe it was a first grade class, and asked the kids, raise your hand if you would describe yourself as creative, and mm. 100% of them raised their hands, very enthusiastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A, a year later, in second grade, uh, only mm-hmm. 50% of them would raise their hands, okay. and in third grade, only about a third of the class would. And by the sixth grade, only one or two of the whole class would raise their hands. Um, wow. So when I was speaking to these uh, teenagers uh, in England, there was about 2,500 of them there. Before I gave them that information, I asked how many of you would describe yourself as creative? And I'd say about a third of the room raised their hand. And then I gave them okay. that information and asked them to turn to their neighbor and discuss briefly why they think that is. My sense is that the reason that so many of us, uh, mm-hmm. starting in our late elementary years, but particularly through the teenage years and then well into adulthood, would stop using that word to describe ourselves is because we have a wrong understanding of creativity and that we okay. limit it only to the arts. And that's not in any way to demean people who are creative in the arts, whether it's painting or sculpture or singing or playing an instrument or whatever. That's all good and beautiful, but that's only one subset of a much broader topic. Um, And so, yeah, I, I, I think that it is a core biblical teaching that mm-hmm. all of us, 100% of us, and this would extend to whether or not we're following Jesus, we are all sure. creative. It's part That's of right. being human. And of course, uh-huh. it's pretty yeah. easy to kind of anchor that in Genesis one I'll read it from New mm-hmm. Living. Uh, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female created them. Created them. Yeah. And you know, I asked the kids in the audience, I kind of gave some examples of God's creativity in creation. Kind of, mm-hmm. I gave mm-hmm. the example of, can you imagine coming up with the concept of time when mm. that did not exist? Right. And then, and then I also said, and can you imagine coming up with the platypus? And I showed a picture and the manatee and I showed a picture and those lizards that can run on water, which people refer to as Jesus lizards because they run on top of water. <laughs> really? Um, That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're actually called something else. Um, and, and so there, there is this core truth that we are all creative and all of our teenagers should be able to conceive of themselves as, cre- as creative because they're made in the image of the ultimate creator, right? And that that is not not just about the arts. That's right. So that's interesting that you think that some of the reason why kids don't think they're creative is because they, because they simply associate it with it being artistic, like I can draw or I can write or I can sing. Right. But you're telling yeah. us that there's more to it than that. 
which I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. But first, I want to talk a little bit more about in the message that you gave, you talked about how the feeding of the 5,000 teaches us to be be creative and bear God's image. Can you help us understand where you were going with that? Yeah, I'd say it's probably more of a case study in some ways. Um, and uh, I certainly uh, it's the Bible story that I use to help unpack this broader, uh, I don't want to call it a process, but approach, let's say. Yep. Uh, and I, it, you know, I, I told the story, but then I, I talked specifically about the kid who was willing to, there's no indication that he was ashamed or uh, somehow exercising judgment on himself and the quality or quantity of his meal. Like there, yeah. there could have, there could have very well been adults in that crowd who had mm-hmm. five barley loaves and two fish. But probably sure. if we think about ourselves and how we would respond, we would not think to contribute that as a solution or a problem, uh, you know, a way to contribute to a problem because mm. we would assume, oh, whatever it is that I have to give isn't yeah. going to make a difference. It's not good enough in quality or right. quantity. Right. And, uh, and so there's something about the innocence and the willingness <laughs> to bring whatever it is you have to bring, whatever yeah. you can contribute knowing that how this really works as we see in that story is that it's Jesus who takes this little weird contribution, whatever we have, and then Mm -hmm. does a miracle. And that that wasn't a one-time thing. That's a miracle that continues to take place every day as we bring our strange little contributions of weird little lunches and yeah. contrib- and bring them to Jesus, who then turns them into something to impact thousands of lives, right? Yeah. So again, yeah. the point being, it's not about the quality or the quantity of what we bring. It's about the quality mm-hmm. or quantity of our God. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So let's say a kid comes up to you at youth group and says, you know, Marco, I hear what you're saying. I've heard your message, but I just don't feel like I have anything to offer. I, I mean, my my lunch is just too weird, too lacking. Like God could never do anything with my love for X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I would say, well, try it out and see. Like mm-hmm. the encouragement I uh, gave the kids near the end of the of that talk was, you know, consider what is a need you see in the world, and it could be very local, like what's a need mm-hmm. you see in your friends or your family or your community, yep. or it could even be much more expansive than that. What is you need you see in your country or the world globally? And it's not that you have to have the solution or a program to completely address that. It's what can you bring? So even in the area of say, giving money, the yeah. night before I talked, they had done an offering that uh, with the teenagers who were there and they were giving and the money was going specifically to some uh, kind of global relief projects. Okay. And, you know, I, I would encourage, let's say I work with junior hires at my church and it'd be pretty normal for a teenager to think, 
well, I don't have much money. What My little financial gift isn't going to make a big difference. But that is sure. missing the whole point of how this works, right? Yeah. It's okay, what can you give? What are What can you give as an act of faith? Because really in this process of us partnering with Jesus on bringing the redemption to the world that Jesus is already actively doing, we yeah. get to actually participate in this, right? And again, not about the quality or the quantity uh, of yeah. our gift. Can I can I throw a curveball question in? Sure. Okay. So I think what I see sometimes in the church, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts on how do we navigate this, is that if a small child comes up and says, Mommy, I want to do a backpack thing for kids who can't afford backpacks, the whole church would be like, oh, yes, let's get behind it. Let's make that happen. Because mom and dad and other adults get to mainly do the thing, right? With the kid's mm-hmm. great idea. And we all applaud it. And we're like, that was wonderful. That was great. But I feel like when kids get older and the adults have to kind of take control, have to let go of control and kids come up with ideas, adults go, I don't know about that. Or they don't necessarily um, look for ways for a child or a, a teenager to express that creativity yeah. within the church. Yeah. Because again, it, it, it puts leadership on a teenager who's still growing, who might mess up. And mm-hmm. who is probably, it's probably going to be a little bit rocky. So let's say we're in a situation like that in a youth ministry. <clears throat> How do we help our church see the value of letting kids be creative, even if that means they're probably going to fail and it might not look that great. It might not be done super professionally, but it's an opportunity for them to grow as image bearers. Yeah. Can I tell a story? Do I have time for that? Yeah, totally. Sure. Because it's an example, uh, I think, of exactly what you're talking about, where I continually, through this example, almost got in the way. Mm. And uh, and kind of, it's like kind of like God worked in spite of me, not because I was doing such a great job. So sure. I had been, uh, I'd been in Zambia, Africa, and I uh, met this group of four brothers who were uh didn't have parents and were just in a desperate desperate situation and i i came back and i told the junior hires about at my church about them and Mm -hmm. a little group of about eight of them came up to me after and said hey we'd like to raise money to build a house for those guys is that possible and I happen to know that because we, I was there actually with World Vision. I happen to know that, yeah, for $3,000, you could pay for a house to get built. And I told uh-huh. them, I don't think we could build it for those specific guys, but we could fund a house for mm-hmm. something similar. But I will be honest, I didn't say this to kids, but I thought there's no chance that our kids could raise $3,000. I thought maybe sure. they'd raise three hundred, right? Sure. And uh, yeah. we talked about different ways to do it. And they decided they wanted to put on a variety show and invite people to come to it and then tell some stories about the need and pass an offering plate. Again, okay. I thought it was a lame idea. I thought it was <laughs> the weirdest little lunch of barley loaves and fish that would never yeah. feed 5,000 yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I you know, in a, a, a moment of, I won't say clarity, but in a moment of 
trying to be a good youth worker, I thought, well, I, I'm going to kind of support them in their desire and we'll deal with mm-hmm. their disappointment later. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They wanted to have it in our main church auditorium, which it's a good sized church. It's maybe 700 or a thousand people. And I, I thought, you know, I even said to them, I think we should just have it in the junior high room because it's only going to be your parents and grandparents who come. And they had all this faith. They wanted to do it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, and I, right, I was right, just right. imagining that this is going to be pitiful. Um, and I don't, I really don't have an explanation for this, but about 500 people showed up the night of the variety. Wow. And, wow. and it was, it was a weird variety show. Not a talent show, to be clear, right? <laughs> talent show yeah. implies there's talent there. This was a weird, yeah, yeah. My, fa- my, fa- my favorite act of the show was this sixth grade boy who did a hula hoop routine to a <laughs> disco song wearing a silver sequin jumpsuit. So oh I, it was weird, right? Anyhow, <laughs> to, to, I could make the story longer, but to cut to get to I the get point. It. I get it. We, we told some stories. We passed the offering plates. Mm-hmm. And. The whole time, I'm still thinking we're not going to get three grand, but yeah. uh, there there was twenty five thousand uh, dollars in in the offering, and what? Um, yeah, and so we talked about it with the kids. There was actually about a dozen of them who had been involved in this, and we decided instead that the bigger impact would be to put in a couple clean water wells. Uh, wow. And then the next the next year they wanted to do it again, and again I still was seeing it wrong. Wow. And in my head, I, I didn't, yeah. luckily I didn't say this, but in my head, I was thinking we got mm-hmm. lucky last year. Wow. Let's not press our luck, but it had nothing to do with luck. Right. Yeah. And That's uh, awesome. so the next year they did it again, they involved some high schoolers the next year too. And the next year they raised $35,000 and ended up funding a medical clinic. So there's a community wow. called, called Twachianda in Zambia, Africa, that has clean water wells and a medical clinic. Babies don't die there anymore. Girls get to go to school because they wow. don't spend their day going to get dirty water from a river miles away. Oh and that community gosh. has been transformed because of some junior hires in yep. suburban San Diego, California, who did a hula hoop routine or a tumbling act or sang a warbly song. That was their weird little <laughs> lunch that they were willing to give and Jesus transformed it into something great. That's so awesome, Marco. That is wonderful. And we're actually going to talk more about that in part two of this conversation with Marco that you guys are going to tune in for next week. And so Marco, this has been a super fun conversation and what an encouragement those junior high kids have brought us to just bring your weird little lunch and God will multiply it as you see. Yeah, as you seek to be creative. So next time we're going to talk a little bit more about the ways Marco encouraged those kids to be creative by bringing beauty, justice, and peace into the world. So friends, thanks for joining us for this episode of the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.